However, we are already seeing several pockets of need uh, where Samaritan's Purse, I believe, is going to be able to make a difference. There are um, at least two million people who are not served today with power or water, and there are tens of thousands of roofs uh, that we're getting solid reports that need repair. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from Brian Babcock. He is currently on the ground in Puerto Rico, leading our response to the devastation caused by Hurricane Fiona. This storm made landfall in Puerto Rico on September 18th. Over 3 million people lost electricity, and more than 1,000 people had to be rescued by emergency crews. Uh, For an island that is still recovering from Hurricane Maria, which hit five years ago, uh, this is absolutely devastating. Uh, Many of the homes were were actually still tarped after losing their roofs in 2017. And the high winds and flooding, they they not only did physical damage, but they brought back trauma and hard memories from the storm years ago. The aftermath is complex. And this storm impacts every part of people's lives. From not being able to go to grocery stores, many are closed. Uh, There's long lines for gasoline There's contaminated water systems and so many real implications from this storm. Samaritan's Purse, uh, we send a team of specialized individuals. Uh, They're evaluating the needs in order to respond effectively. Just days after the hurricane, we airlifted emergency supplies to the island. I was able to talk with several of our team members, both here at the headquarters in North Carolina, but also on the ground in Puerto Rico. First, I want you to hear from Dave Holsauer. He is the director of our international disaster response, and he updated me on what it's like in the first stages of a response. So Hurricane Fiona hit uh, Puerto Rico on September 18th. It was a Category 1 hurricane, uh, which just brought a ton of heavy rain, and uh, it wasn't the level of damage that we saw in Maria, where, you know, you had, uh, you know, 150-mile-hour winds that were taking roofs off. Um, But what this storm did is it brought a lot of rainwater that ended up flooding many of the areas because the infrastructure had been damaged by all the storm, you know, by the the storm in 2017, Hurricane Maria. And so for the last couple of years, uh, Puerto Rico has been trying to rebuild the electricity system, uh, bridges, roads, and and all of that. Uh, and, And most of that got hit very hard. And so 100% 100% of the, the island lost power uh, on Sunday, and uh, and you had bridges being washed away, you had homes being flooded, uh, there had been landslides up in the mountains. So it's it's a lot of damage, um, yeah, throughout the island. Mm-hmm. And so we started receiving uh, texts and calls from a lot of our staff that had worked down there when we had an office there from 2017 to 2019. Uh, and so, uh, you know, after discussing with the leadership here and, uh, you know, we have a very strong church network as well, uh, and many of the pastors are reaching out. And so it's just an opportunity for us to say, you know, hey, we, we've established so many close re- relationships over the last couple of years. Uh, and then, and it's just, we have an opportunity for us to be close, uh, to be able to get down there quickly. We have uh, a number of ways we're looking to respond. And so it was sort of a uh, an easy decision for us to, to say, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And like you said, it, what was almost five years to the day that this storm hit, so they're still not fully recovered. The trauma of this storm is now a trauma upon trauma. 
because you've been there and you mentioned church partners and we had a country office, so there's a lot of networks and establishments which are helpful, but again, they just face trauma. So how is that making this challenging, but how is it also helpful to have such powerful networks in a response like this? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think your initial question about how are people reacting, I think you're right. It has brought up bad bad memories. And I think mm-hmm. that that for a generation, people will remember the trauma of Maria. Um, and while this wasn't on the level of, of it, it has brought back so many memories of it. Um, and, you know, when you're sitting in 90 degree heat in your mm-hmm. house, it's been flooded uh, and you don't have clean drinking water and your electricity's out and your food's rotting, uh, you know, anxieties begin. If you have health conditions, you know, you're, you're starting to wonder if you're going to have your medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's just things that that compound fear and anxiety, and so a situation like this is immediately triggering of a lot of that. And so mm-hmm. um, that is something that we are aware of, and we, like you said, I think we we as an uh, as an organization do know the island well and have a lot of contacts there, and so we immediately know where some of the hardest hit and most poor areas uh, are. And so the plan is for us to go by helicopter to some of these areas that are inaccessible by road right now uh, that we had set up networks in before and to go and and meet the needs of those uh, who most likely have not received any assistance yet. And that'll be something I think will be extremely beneficial. And the churches in, in there are in those areas are, are just very well networked within the community. And so it's an easy opportunity for us as Samaritan's Purse when we were there, the the team was very intentional about building into the church there, uh, not only to respond to uh, Maria at the time, but to mm-hmm. to be better preparers of uh, the communities for disaster response. And so, uh, you know, now in the time of need, we're able to activate them and say, you know, hey, we're here. You know, we, we may not be the ones to, to set up a, you know, 100-person DART response, but we're going to help get the things that you need to be able to do that, and let's do that together. And so I think that's always the ideal partnership model is, you know, Samaritan's Purse can come in and uh, and work with the local church, uh, when, you know, when when we're able to do that and, and really pour into them. And so, uh, you know, we tried to, to really be intentional. The team there was very intentional about, about working with the church and pouring into them. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you finding right now are yeah. the biggest needs? Yeah. So the day the day our our staff arrived, they began assessing and very quickly realized uh, that the 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 two glaring opportunities for Samaritan's Purse to respond was in providing clean water and providing uh, plastic sheeting, and uh, that was something that you know, with the water system down in the in in on the island, uh, so many people don't have clean water, and so we sent down. Uh, two water purification systems, one that can is uh, reverse osmosis and um, one that will desalinate. And so we have uh, two types of one freshwater and one saltwater type of purification that we can use. Um, and then uh, one of the other teams that we're looking at now, like I say, is going up in the mountains, looking at from a, a medical standpoint and saying, you know, what are we, what are the gaps here? Are, are people in need of medical care that don't have it yet? Um, and, uh, so that those are the things that we're looking at right now, uh, as as ways that we can respond immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we talked about just the the trauma upon trauma, and so many people um, now are being impacted again. And oftentimes, it's people with the the least resources. Can you maybe share what you're seeing from that? Yeah, it's just I you know as as we're talking and and seeing what the needs are, it, it's just becoming evident that that those who have the least are usually hit the mo- hit the hardest, um, and. It's something that we we see, especially in these rural areas where, 
you know, people will, will live in a, a small house without electricity and with, you know, dirt floor um, and, and trying to just get by. And then you have a storm come like this, wash away the walls of the house, uh, leave them without a roof. The house is flooded. They have no food. Uh, it's just, it's incredibly sad, you know, and it's, uh, it's those people that, that I think Samaritan's Purse wants to reach and to see mm-hmm. how do you offer hope in a situation where you have people who are materially poor, um, but who also suffering spiritually. And, you know, I think are asking the questions about, you know, why is this happening to me again? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where is God in these events? And I think that, that Samaritan's Purse is uniquely in a position to help meet people in those needs, not, not to say with answers to all of these questions, but with, uh, care and compassion and uh, a listening ear and, and, you know, walking alongside with the church and, and encouraging people to stay plugged into, into that community um, because it's through the church, you know, where, the, where people find hope in Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and, and need to be reminded of that love in, in difficult times because I think it's very easy to forget it when you, just re- when you just go through suffering after suffering after mm-hmm. suffering. It just gets beats people down, I think. Even those who are the most spiritually stronger can only take so much sometimes and, and I think need it the most. So. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to bolster the church, mm-hmm. you know, because they're hurting as well. But they also understand like no one else can, you know. So our teams that come in, yes, they're helpful, but the, the church and the people that have been through it can minister in a way that, that no one else can because they know what it's like to have lost and to have been scared. I think that's a very good point. The The churches are, are by no means sheltered from any of this mm-hmm. suffering. Uh, and oftentimes, in, especially when we were there, you know, a couple of years ago, the pastors w- were some of the, the most hard hit in mm-hmm. the communities. And so often they would make sure that everyone in the congregation got supplies for mm-hmm. their house or food or medicine before they took anything for their own house, which mm-hmm. was extremely convicting and humbling because I would like to be able to say I would do the same, and mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I would. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so finally, I know there's so much more work to be done and, and things to be assessed. But how can we be praying? How can we pray for your team as you plan and, and try to figure out how to help? But then those that have been impacted, what are you hearing from the churches and from our partners? How to pray? So I think uh, there's a couple of different ways to be praying, mm-hmm. and I think the. As as more storms are brewing off the coast of Africa right now, there's about four or five hurricanes uh, that that could be in in the path that would hit Puerto Rico again. And so people are living in this a state of anxiety of uh, trying to deal with the after effects of this storm, while mm-hmm. also uh, the reality that some another storm may be coming. And so that's one I think is 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 one way of praying is just for the people of being able to get through today and mm-hmm. having that just be enough for one day. And, uh, you know, you have families who have lost the means of keeping their house dry, of having food, of, uh, you know, clean clothes and water and, and all these things that I think we take for granted. And so I think um, that those basic, very basic needs that, that are uh, not being met would be met, um, and that our team would and our team would have wisdom in knowing how to respond, and you know, trying to to see the gaps where Samaritan's Purse can fit. And sometimes those are harder to find. And I think that with having the right people there and, and the right resources that Samaritan's Purse have, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have a really good opportunity f- with partnership with the church, um, and just you know, um, praying for the pastors who are caring for the the church members and 
especially the non-church members in those communities, and that there would just be a time where uh, the church would flourish and uh, be seen as a, a supporter of the community and, and a beacon of hope in a, in a dark time. It was both inspiring and heartbreaking to hear Dave talk about the needs arising in Puerto Rico. I'm so grateful that we're able to respond quickly and that we can partner with the local church. And as we spoke, our team was already mobilizing supplies, and now these supplies have began to reach the hands of the families in need in Puerto Rico. We've got a 737 charter that's leaving out of Miami to go to Puerto Rico for the Hurricane Fiona uh, response. It's going to be wash supplies, so we've got a sea spring, which is the, the saltwater uh, cleaning system, and we've got two fresh water systems. We've got um, a thousand jerry cans. Those are for carrying for um, beneficiaries to carry clean water. That was Carl Phelps. He is the logistics manager at our Wilkesboro warehouse. The team there has been hard at work packing up supplies to send out. Got it. I also got on the phone with Tom Ovington, who is a member of our disaster assistance response team in Puerto Rico. He was able to give us a sense of what's happening on the ground. We talked to Dave Holzhauer yesterday on the logistics and kind of the, the managing aspect on this end, but we wanted to hear from you you know, what you're truly seeing on the ground. So we established a, a Samaritan's Purse office here in February of 2018, where we worked until the end of June 2019. And at that time, we were doing um, home repairs and church repairs and uh, after the dark phase uh, ended. So I'm where our, ma- our, our major church partner was mm-hmm. in 2017. So can yeah. you tell me, how is the morale there? What, you know, you mentioned it's a huge church partner. You've worked with them before. Uh, but I can imagine mm-hmm. the trauma coming back is difficult, you know, for, for even the church to swallow. How are they doing? How is the morale? And, and I guess how is the, what sure. are the needs and what are you seeing on the ground there? Well, Puerto Ricans are, um, are very resilient. They have been through a lot. Um, so people are resilient. and. By nature, um, they they take things it well in stride. There's frustration. People are are uh, frustrated. They don't have electricity, uh, and they feel a little frustrated that that five years after Hurricane Maria, the systems are still not don't have the resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, water is uh, the water supply was cut off to a lot of places. The the authorities seem to be getting the water back together back up. So uh, we're hearing more and more that people do have water in their homes and in their in their buildings. Uh, but electricity is still a huge problem. Uh, it's dark at night. I drove around. Uh, and the only places that have lights on are places that have their own generators. Mm-hmm. And so there are businesses and restaurants that are open. Uh, and there are also businesses that are operating on reduced hours. There's a Walmart you know, around here and, and it's open, but reduced hours. So, uh, it doesn't, the impact does not seem to be as tremendous, uh, as after Maria, that's for certain, but I have yet to, to get to the places that are perhaps most, most impacted, which I believe would be in the center of the, of the island. 
What are the needs that they're finding? You're mentioning, you know, water is coming back, electricity is still working. But so aside from those needs, what what are the needs that you're seeing and, and how is the church responding right now and how are you bolstering them? It seems that the greatest need is in the area of potable water, drinkable water, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, also basic food stuff. There are people that, that are, you know, are lacking a little bit in that way. But water seems to be the biggest need, and um, and the local church here is uh, has a uh, center uh, where they are uh, receiving donations mm-hmm. and distributing them. They're our, our partner here. So uh, what what we're finding, what we're seeing and understanding is there's need uh, to cover cover people's roofs. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of damage to roofs and of homes. Some some uh, some places have lost them altogether. So we're going to be concentrating a lot on on um, distributing tarps through churches. We'll be doing this through our church partners. So we mm-hmm. we uh, have a, a network of churches that we worked with after Hurricane Marie in 2017. And we are uh, contacting again those pastors and church leaders, and uh, they are responding, and we're going to distribute uh, tarps to people in need, give them shelter. And so, you know, I love that Samaritan's Purse always works with the local church, you know, and because they, they have been there, they will be there, you know, after we're gone. Exactly. But you know That's what right. what would happen if Samaritan's Purse wasn't there? You know, why is it so important for Samaritan's Purse to go and to partner with the local church? Well, we we have the um the ability to bring in resources, as in the seven thirty seven that's going to land today in San Juan. We can respond in substantively when other people cannot or do not. So um, you know, the great advantage is we know these churches know us. We know these churches. There's, there's trust and confidence between us. We can get these supplies in and distribute them to the churches. And the churches will get them out to the people in need. And what you were saying is absolutely true. Um, the, the pastors and their parishioners, they know their neighbors. They know not only the people in their churches that are their brothers and sisters in the Lord, but they know their neighbors. They know their neighborhoods. And uh, and they go out in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and help whomever needs help. And so it's a it's a, really the church is activated in times like this, and the, the Puerto Rican church does amazingly well. Mm-hmm. People are, are encouraged when we come. Mm-hmm. They know of us from 2017. They they admired our work then. We had great relationships, and we left the island in in, in you know with a lot of friends, and they're happy. They they're happy that we've come back. They don't. They feel like they haven't been forgotten, mm-hmm. or they know they're not that they're not overlooked or ignored. The Samaritan's Purse hears and it responds. I also asked Tom how people are reacting to the storm. We know that they're resilient, but there's still heartbreak and fear that comes with disasters. You're right, Christy. There's going to be people that are that are traumatized by this because it's a repetition. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some you know some memories, some terrible memories, can be brought back. And always got a little bit of underlying fear that, it, you know, it can happen again. Wow. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. The, the fear and urgency, and then that just brings on, you know, yeah. panic and fear. Um, how would you ask us to pray since you are on the ground, you are working with these church pastors and partners? How can we pray for the people and the team of Samaritan's Purse as they minister in Jesus' name? Well, I think first and foremost, um, the, the first prayer is that people's hearts would be 
that would be open to the Lord. Everyone becomes more sensitive at times like this. They realize their frailty, and it's a wonderful opportunity to talk of Jesus and, and His love. And so it's a good time to talk of the Lord, and we need to pray for people. We need to pray for that they would be resilient and that they would find hope in, in, in this time and that they would not um, give way to frustration. Uh, pray, pray that our partners uh, would have strength, would have physical mm. strength, strength, but also, you know, emotional stamina and that they could, it could be shining lights at, at a time like this. This is a great time uh, to speak of Jesus and to talk of, of uh, his unconditional love. So let's, let's, that the church would be a, a witness at this time, that they would really be helping their neighbors, which they do. The church knows, their, the, the people know their neighbors. They reach out to them. So let's pray they, they, they not tire from, uh, from doing good works and from the task at hand of, of uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And of course, that, that their own personal needs would be met. As I talked with all these people, what really stood out to me were the relationships that were formed in the disasters in Puerto Rico. Just five years ago, Hurricane Maria ravaged these same communities. And the memory of that storm is still heavy in people's minds, especially our churches, as they see their members suffering yet again. And we have incredible church partners already in these areas, and we want to come alongside them to bolster them as they serve and love their neighbors. We were able to provide tarps for families to fix their roofs, water filtration systems, and mud-out kits. And we were able to put these things into the hands of pastors. They know the needs in their communities. They're able to identify the most vulnerable and the people who need this aid. One pastor shared how she wanted to help practically, but she didn't have the resources needed until Samaritan's Purse delivered the supplies. The hope is restored. (laughs) Um, Samaritan Purse was like when I... um, heard that you were here in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's not, it was like seeing the light again and saying, okay, God, my church probably can help in some things, but having Samaritan here, it was like, thank you, God, because you answer prayers, right? And I didn't know how I was going to help. When I heard that you were here, <laughs> I was really happy. I was joyful. I was like, wow, we we have them here. And we're going to have at least a way to help, a way to restore people's um, hope, and a way to say, um, God is next to you. You're not far away. He's here. It's easy for people to become discouraged and frustrated. And we want them to know that God is their healer and comforter as we meet their physical needs. We've been talking with these people and their gratitude is so obvious, especially those that couldn't provide clean water for their families or help their neighbors. I truly can't imagine what it would be like to go days without water. It's one of the most essential things that we often take for granted in our everyday life. We've set up water distribution areas where people can receive the systems to get clean water. One woman that received this from Samaritan's Purse was so grateful. Yeah, so we're without power, without water, so we have nothing. Um, but we've been trying to work on that and just, you know, keep moving forward. And at the same time, just trying to help our community with their needs. So I didn't know about Samaritan's Purse. I haven't heard about you guys before, but I saw what you were doing because I live here. This is my community. So I picked up my neighbor and came with her and just picked up some water since we don't have water. 
I feel that it's a relief, it's a huge help, it's a blessing to just have, it looks, it feels like a, like the light at the end of the tunnel to just kind of have this relief to have a little bit of running water. We tried collecting water from the rain, so having this clean water means a lot for me and my family. I loved hearing from our teams on the ground. It gave me new perspective and allowed me to pray more specifically. Uh, again, I can't imagine not having access to clean water, especially with the heat on the island. It is so essential. And so continue to pray for our, our leaders there, our teams on the ground and the churches as they serve people. You know, I pray that they'll, they'll know the love of God, as it's said in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Please continue to pray for, for positive encounters with our staff members and hurting families. And as Tom said earlier in the interview, that the gospel would be clearly shared, that people's hearts would be soft to receive the love of Jesus for them. And we'll continue to keep you posted on our work in Puerto Rico. I encourage you to join our community at OnTheGroundSP on Instagram. Uh, you can also go to SamaritansPurse.org, and we will constantly have pictures and stories that you can get updated from the storm as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.